Do you know how many things are just our perception or come from our own perspective? For instance, someone may say, it is so cold in here. Somebody else may say, it's a little warm in here. Somebody else may say, it's just right in here. Same with sound, too loud, too soft. I don't know if you'll say too soft, but you may. Or it's just right. In actuality, the temperature is pretty much the same for everyone in the room. The decibels are pretty much the same for everyone in here also. It's your preference, your perception, how you sense things. With that same idea, let's look at children for a minute. I have seen a child doing something over and over and over and over again, and nothing's done about it. I've watched a child do something that is not very good, something they probably should have had a consequence because of the action. However, I've watched no consequence given for their action. Why? Because maybe the caregiver was distracted or not paying attention. Maybe the parents ignored it. Maybe the parents honestly didn't see it happening. Maybe the parents just turned, tuned it out. Whatever the reason, we've all been there and done it. It wasn't noticed by the parents and sometimes affected many around them. They had their opinion about the kids screaming at the top of their lungs in a restaurant. They had their opinion about the child breaking new toys in Walmart. And I've watched this scenario happen and all of a sudden, on the 98th time, the light switch, the parent snaps to attention and snatches the child and corrects the problem. Why now? What transpired? What clicked? What happened? And I know our children are in here and I love them dearly and I don't mean to pick on them in any way because the same thing can happen with so many issues. Nothing happens and then all of a sudden, bam, the light comes on and things are addressed. The new year is upon us and I'm sure some people have made or at least thought about making some new year's resolutions Losing weight usually hits the top of the list. Reading more, shopping less, exercising, being nicer, keeping a journal, giving up coffee. I just wanted to see how many would flinch on that one. There are so many things. But it all really comes down to whether you are going to do it or not. Whether you decide this is what I want to do. I agree in some scenarios, people around us can help or hinder in some ways, but ultimately, if I'm going to do something, it's up to me. Again, there's multiple situations in life like this. 
I was talking some time back, I don't see him here this morning, to my good friend Kelvin, and he told me that when, he was, when his parents were still alive and he lived with them, they had a house and there was this concrete patio in back of their house and there was a post in the kind of towards the edge, or I don't remember now, but just a post sticking up out of the concrete. And it used to have a light on it or maybe a barbecue pit on there or something. And it had long been gone. But there was, so there was just this post up on out of the ground. Well, you didn't notice the post. It was no big deal. It was just out at back of their house on the patio until you hit your leg on it. Kelvin said he would hit his leg on that pose, and he said, it'd bring tears to my eyes. He said, it would hurt so bad. He said, Mama hit her leg one time on that post. And she told Daddy, get rid of that post. It was affecting the family, but it, it was just a post. It would take some work to get rid of, so the post, he kind of just, that was on the to-do list, but kind of just pushed it towards the bottom. Well, there was a certain Sunday, Kelvin was telling me, that Daddy was on the patio, and you guessed it, Daddy hit his shin on the post. Would you believe, Monday morning, he was out there getting rid of the post. Why? You know why. It affected him personally, so he decided to do something about it. You see, the child may do something over and over and over until it gets on dad's last nerve. Until it's pushed mom too far. And all of a sudden, the thing that just happened 89 times before suddenly receives an enormous amount of attention and gets addressed very rapidly and quickly. You've seen it too, I'm sure. I'm sure we've done it. There are things in your life that no one can do anything about. It doesn't matter how much we want them to change. It doesn't matter how we see them destroying you. It doesn't matter who talks with you. It doesn't matter what sermon is preached. And now watch, God himself will not make you do or not do something. Oh, I believe in prayer and I believe we should pray for people and I believe God opens and shut doors and yes, I believe God talks in a variety of ways to people. Ultimately though, you are the ones who have to listen. Noah, I'm gonna destroy the earth, build an ark. Nah, I don't want to. It'd take too long, cost too much money, it's too hard, that's a lot of work. I'll be misunderstood. No, I just don't think I want to. Did Noah have a choice? I'm absolutely convinced he had a choice. But Noah listened. God wasn't going to build an ark and make them get in the ark. God asked Noah to do that. Jonah, go to Nineveh. Nope, ain't gonna happen. As a matter of fact, it's so not going to happen, I'm going to get in the ship and go somewhere else. Did God make Jonah do it? No. But did God have ways to get Jonah's attention? Sure. Jonah still, though, had to pray. Jonah still had asked God for mercy. Jonah said, ultimately, I'll go. I know this sounds crazy and 
But if I knew what I know now and I could speak with Jonah before any decision was made, I would most definitely tell him, you probably want to reconsider your choices here and follow the will and plan of God. It's going to save you a lot of hardship and heartaches. No one can make you, but there's some consequences of decisions that you're going to make that you're not going to like. For Noah, it clicked immediately. I'll build it. For Jonah, it took some time and some convincing. Ultimately, Noah obeyed, followed God's plan, built the ark, and his household was saved. For Jonah, yeah, it eventually clicked, but he went through some trying moments. He went through some miserable nights. There were some consequences, but when he made the right choice, what a great revival transpired in that city. Has it clicked for you? Has God talked with you, met with you, dealt with you, but you're still pondering, still mulling it over? Maybe you're like the lady that we meet in Luke chapter 8. Do you remember this account in the Bible? There was this little lady who was very, very sick, and she had hemorrhage for 12 years. Can you imagine how weak she was. There was, there was nothing she could, that, that they could do about this for her. It wasn't like Jonah or Noah account. This was a problem and she didn't know what to do about it. Understand also that because of the issue in the blood, everything she touched became unclean according to Leviticus 15 and people who would, who would have known her condition would have shunned her, stayed away from her. She was not able to mingle in town and go to church and be around people. What a dreadful life. What hopelessness. She tried all she could. Every new thing that came about, everything she heard about, she tried. She went to many different doctors, the Bible tells us. She, she spent all her money and nothing worked, I would imagine. This would have been during the time, the beginning of this condition of hers, that I'm going to try everything and be so desperate, but it would seem like to me, and I don't have Bible for this, but it would seem like to me that somewhere along the way she learned, she just had some kind of learned helplessness and, and settled in for what her lot in life. Nothing she did or tried worked, so why do anything and why try anything? You know my imagination, so bear with me. Let's make up a scenario. Within the first two years after her diagnosis, let's say that she went to every doctor she could have. She tried different things. She spent all her money. Then after two solid years, possibly more, of nothing, she gave up on ever being changed. She gave up on a different outlook in life whatsoever. She gave up on ever being well. Maybe now for 10 years, she would have been confined to her house. She would have been shunned. She would, she was completely alone. Maybe she had some relatives that, that it bothered, but there was nothing they could do for her. Even if they gave her money to go see a doctor, the doctors had no cure. Nobody knew what to do. 
Jesus was nearby. She somehow heard of him. Maybe a caregiver of sorts told her. Maybe someone wrote her a letter. Maybe someone who brought her groceries to her stood on the porch and talked with her. This dear lady would have heard of the mighty things Jesus had done. She would have heard that he was kind and gracious and had miraculous power. I don't know how long she thought about it. I, I don't know how what transpired in her mind. I don't know what plan she formulated. I don't know when it was. I don't know how it was, and I don't know why it was, but one particular day, she snapped, and it clicked in her. She said, today is the day. Her mind clicked and was full of determination. Today is the day I go see Jesus. Today is the day I'm tired of the way my life is going. I know people have shunned me. I know others have tried to help me in different ways. I know it has been a long time since I have been around people. I know I'm weak. I know my life has been in a rut for years. But today, something has to happen. I can only imagine her thoughts. Could she have tried to disguise herself a little bit and blend in the crowd a little bit? Could she have secretly hoped that Jesus was just sitting under a shade tree eating lunch by himself? Maybe when she finally got to the direction that someone pointed her to where Jesus was, her heart fell inside of her because he was surrounded by a mob of people. I can't touch those people. Even if I could, I'm too weak to cry out. I can't get through that crowd. I understand a lot of supposition here, but can you imagine her state of mind that after 12 years, he's right there? Somehow, she mustered up some strength and courage and began to fight her way through that crowd. Yes, it was breaking all types of protocol, but she couldn't help it. It was now just her and her answer a few feet away. Her relatives couldn't help her. Her doctors couldn't help her. Her neighbors couldn't help her. No one could help her, but something clicked and she decided that if she wanted change, it was going to have to be her and something she did and Today was the day that was going to happen for her. So pressing through that crowd on the ground, crawling, people bumping into her, a mouthful of dust, a small opening in the crowd, and she could see the bottom of Jesus' clothes. I can see a pale, trembling hand come out and just brush the hem of his garment. She had to have felt something. Because sitting there in total relief and maybe a little stunned, Jesus proclaimed, who touched me? Maybe that brought her back to her attention as she tried to sneak out. In the brief discussion between his disciples, everybody's touching you. What do you mean people touched you? Jesus said, no, 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 no. Somebody with faith, somebody in desperation touched me. I felt healing leave my body. Knowing that she couldn't sneak away, she came trembling, fell before Jesus, explained the whole matter to him. Jesus calmly says, daughter, your faith's what healed you. Go in peace. What a beautiful account. But it's also one where Jesus didn't come to the woman's house. Jesus didn't seek her out and come to her house like Zacchaeus or seek him out like the disciples in this account. 
the woman was tired of the way life was. The woman was fed up with the loneliness, with the sickness, with the isolation, with all that went along with her condition. It could have been a day like any other day. It could have been a day like the thousands before her sickness started, but for some reason, something clicked in her. We don't know how long she waited after hearing about Jesus. We do know she was sick a lot longer before than she had heard about him. Maybe it was a day she heard and the next day she went. Maybe she pondered this for a month about hearing Jesus and maybe, maybe, maybe even a year before she decided I'm going to do something. All of this to say she had to decide in her mind it's going to be different. I got up this morning the same way I have for the past 12 years. But I'm going to bed tonight different than I have the past some 4,380 nights. I could talk about the prodigal son who decided to leave the homestead. We not, we're not sure of how long he thought about leaving before he actually left, but he left. No one could stop him. It was a bad choice. It was a dumb choice, but no amount of talking and begging and pleading stopped him. He made up his mind and he left. We again don't know how the time frame plays out of how long he lived this life of luxury until the money ran out, but the money ran out. Another unknown is how long he lived in isolation and poverty and hunger, but he was hungry. These were all the consequences of some very bad choices he made. His dad didn't make them for him. His friends didn't make them for him. He made the decision. What we do know is one day, Something was different. He was getting ready to eat some nasty garbage that he was feeding to the pigs. No one could help him. He was literally starving to death. Pride wasn't a factor now. Thinking he had all the answers didn't play into it now. Believing he could do it on his own. Buying into the fact that he Deserved to leave. Someone had heard him. He didn't fit in with his family anyway. I don't know what excuses he used, but he decided he was going to do it his way. <laughs> but now in total humiliation, he came to his senses. Why that day? What happened that day? Whatever it was, I'm going back home. Even if I'm just a hired servant, at least they're in comfort and know where their next meal is coming from. I'm going back to dad's house. I pray this morning that maybe today this first Sunday of the year, it will click. This morning,
morning, sorry to say, but I hope you hit your shin on the post in the patio. You need a wake-up call. You could be in a situation where others are praying for you. They see the path you're on and going to lead you in the wrong way. If they could, they would make you make the right decisions, but they can't. It's all up to you. Noah, are you going to build the ark of safety for your family or not? Jonah, are you tired of running? Are you tired of hitting dead ends? Today, are you going to let it click and start making changes? Nobody can do it for you. Runaway son, how many more bad decisions are you going to make? How many more consequences are you going to suffer from bad choices? Don't go any lower in life. Don't live one more day like that. The father is waiting with open arms. Maybe you're the one who just learned to live in this condition. Yeah, you know, Jesus, you wanted a change, but it, it's just been so long that you just come and sit and just go through the motions and do what you're supposed to do. At first you tried some things, and, but now it just seems like this is what life is. This is what life's going to be. You've sort of settled in your, can I say maybe misery? My deepest heart's prayer for this very first Sunday of the new year is that something clicks with somebody this morning. You don't have to live like that. The Bible declares you're a new creature in Christ. You can have a different outlook on life. Second Kings 7 tells us that Samaria had a terrible famine. They were surrounded by the Syrians and they were all going to die of starvation in that city. It was a brutal, it was horrible, the conditions. Second Kings 7 verses 3 and 4 says, and, when, and there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. If it wasn't bad enough for the starvation, now you have four men who have leprosy, which was a death sentence in and of itself back then. They were put outside the city, and this is where they were. They said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Verse 4, if we say, we'll go back into the city, the famine's in the city, and we're going to die there. If we sit here, we're going to die also. Now, therefore, let us fall unto, into the, unto the hand, host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. That's what's going to happen anyway. In other words, we've kind of had enough of this. Something kind of wrestled around in them a little bit. We're not just going to sit here. We're going to do something. And because of that something, God brought a great victory through them for the entire town. Romans 1.22, 
And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that she may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me be a little Mitchell Bland lingo on you for a moment. Somebody needs to get sick and tired of sitting here in the same scenario you have been in for a long time. Somebody needs to make up their mind that today something's going to change. Today I'm going to Nineveh. Today I'm going to start building an ark. Today I'm stepping out in faith. Today I'm going back to my father's house. Today I'm walking into the enemy's camp. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. I am done sitting here. I have a call of God on my life and doing nothing with it. Today is a different day. I'm moving forward in the name of Jesus. Today is a different day. The musicians and singers, won't you come? I have preached and will continue to preach that there are people in this building that God has been dealing with and he is looking for a willing vessel. He is looking for Mary to say, be it unto me according to thy word. He is looking for Isaiah to say, here am I, send me. Let me be gentle, but as in your face as much as I can. Today, you need to let something click in your mind that you're not going to bed tonight the same way you did last night. Something has to change. Something is going to be different. Your decision, Noah, will save your family. Your decision, Jonah, will spark an entire citywide revival. Your decision, prodigal, will get you out of the pig pen. Your decision, dear lady, will be your healing and testimony of God's goodness. Your decision, gentlemen, to march into the enemy's camp will change everything for an entire city. As we stand. How wonderful we serve a God of second and third and 80th and 150th chances. He will never give up on you. There needs to be a Simon Peter, launch your leg over the side of the boat and walk on water. There needs to be a Paul and Silas to not worry about the circumstances, but start singing in your prison cell. There needs to be a Peter and John who in the face of every circumstance gives Jesus to everyone they see. Today, make up your mind. Today, it will be different. Today, I'll give my all. Today, I'll say yes. Today, I'll try it again. Today, something different can be from today. The altars are open. Come make a commitment to Him.